This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. The truth about precious metals versus real estate. You know... I don't want this podcast to come off as be me being in any way anti real estate. You know, how many times have you heard me talk uh, pretty positively about it? That all things considered, uh, of all the different assets to own out there, cash, precious metals, stocks, bonds, and on and on and on, and on cryptocurrencies, and and there's plenty of other of of categories. You know, real estate is is one that I'm generally a fan of because I'm I'm a big believer that right now the the world is sort of obsessed with these paper assets, bonds, cash, derivatives, and to some extent stocks as well. Though stocks actually represent a fair bit more value than than those other assets, I believe. But that eventually that's going to change. And and during that change, during that transition, uh, you do pretty well to have your assets in something that's not paper, that's not digital, something that's physical. And and on that list would, of course, be real estate and precious metals. In fact, those are the top two assets that would come to mind. There's other ones to have, right? On the smaller scale, a lot of people talk about uh, investing in brass and, and lead. Of course, I'm referring to ammo or guns or just preps in general right? Versus uh, precious metals, which oftentimes can be seen as, as a prep, right? For some sort of disaster situation in the future. On the larger scale, uh, there's, there's things like cars, right? Um, there's uh, companies, businesses that you can invest in, right? Which are more or less physical, right? So there, there's plenty of options, especially if you're creative about it. But real estate and precious metals are the top two that would come to mind for me personally. And the fact that they're both physical is 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 great and all. But in many ways, you know, the comparison ends really at that point, that they're both physical. Because beyond that, precious metals, silver and gold, physical silver and gold that you own in your own possession, not housed elsewhere, not an SLV or a GLD share, but actual gold and silver coins, bars, etc. have vastly different qualities and advantages and some disadvantages versus real estate. First of all, there's the, the issue of liquidity. Precious metals are not the most liquid asset in the world. Liquid meaning you can sell it and buy it with, with relative ease, even in large quantities. But all things considered, it's up there, right? I'd say maybe the most liquid would be obviously a cash and, and U.S. Treasury bonds we're talking about on in some sort of a marketplace. Uh, but precious metals are, are pretty darn liquid, right? One ounce in U.S. is one ounce in China is one ounce in, in Europe, right? Houses, on the other hand, uh, aren't very liquid, they take a fair bit of time to sell, especially if you don't want to uh, cut the price too much. And 
there's a bit of a problem when it comes to liquidity in any market when there's a lack of liquidity and all of a sudden a large amount of individuals choose to sell. It's usually drives down the price and, and there's because there's a, just a lack of sell or lack of buyers, right? Now, of course, that's not necessarily uh, the reason many people are owning uh, real estate is to sell it, right? It's usually to own it, to, to maintain, to preserve that value. But it remains true that when you need liquidity, you're going to have a better bet of finding it from precious metals versus real estate. Moving on, appreciating versus depreciating value. Now, there's this notion that real estate is always an appreciating asset. And for many decades of many of my listeners' lives, that's mostly been true. And, and of course, I'm focusing mostly on the U.S., but even you know, there's there's nuances from, from city to city, market to market here in the U.S., and, and it's going to be a different story in Australia, certainly Australia, and, and the current housing bubble that seems to be slowly popping, or Canada, or or over the pond in, in the U.K., or wherever else my listeners are from. It's going to be a different story from locale to locale, country to country. But that oftentimes has been the case that over 20, 30 years, yeah, it's an appreciating asset. But the value goes up. But let's not kid ourselves and somehow think that an asset without fail is always going to appreciate in value. That's that's a real bogus way of thinking. Just because of past performance, somehow that guarantees future performance. That's that's not at all how investments work. Right? Look at the bond market. The bond market's been in a bull market for 35 ish years or 30 years, meaning yields have dropped and dropped and dropped. I'm, of course, referring to the U.S. Treasury bond market. Now, extrapolating that, does that mean that bonds are forever going to be in a bull market? That yields someday in the future are going to be 0%? Yeah, that's a possibility. But are they going to continue from there? Negative 1, 2, 5, 10%? No, at some point, that, that turns around in every asset. It has bear markets. And anybody is, is trying to sell you something saying that it's it's not, it, that it's always going to appreciate and it's never going to have a sustained bear market. I'm not talking about a correction or a significant drop in, in like 2007, 2008 in the housing market. But I mean something that could last a generation. Uh, they're, they're probably lying to you because there's plenty of examples around the world in the stock market certainly in precious metals, in bond markets, uh, you know, prior to the bull market I just referenced, there's a huge bear market. And the same is absolutely true for real estate, right? Especially if the dynamics are changing, especially if you have baby boomers um, getting older and, and eventually moving out, either, either dying or moving to uh, in different settings that are maybe more community-based settings versus houses or moving south or something, okay? You have that. But you also have this issue that that younger generations uh, culturally are not as obsessed with owning a house, but also financially aren't as able to to own a house, right? And that doesn't bode super well for real estate in the future either. All of a sudden, you have much, much less demand. What about this issue of multi-generational housing, which all things considered maybe isn't the worst thing in the world. It's, it's preservation of resources, but I'm talking about parents and kids and grandparents, whatever, living together. Um, 
I, I think that's a trend that's only going to accelerate in this next recession. I think Gen X, boomers, uh, millennials are all going to be hit hard. And in many ways, it's going to be in their best interest, many of these individuals that choose to do just that. But what does that mean for housing demand, right? And I'm just playing devil's advocate here, right? But but I think it's an important thing to do. To When somebody says that this is always going to appreciate in value, question that. And of course, there's the issue that, well, real estate, actually has a lot of depreciating uh, nature to it. Houses, uh, uh, apartment buildings, whatever. They need maintenance, but also over time, like they they wear down. Yeah, yeah. construction's better these days, in, in theory at least. And, and there's plenty of houses around today that were around 100 years ago. But you do have to deal with that with real estate. And again, this isn't me trying to be super anti-real estate. I just don't like this comparison of metals to real, sorry, to real estate because, again, the comparisons stop at that whole idea of, of physical, um, that they're both physical assets. Beyond that, they have a lot of differences, right? And on the topic of, of you know, maintenance and depreciating versus depreciating, you don't have to deal with that with precious metals. They just sit there. Silver is silver. Gold is gold. There's no, you know, ele- change in elements or anything like that, right? Moving on, you have the issue of taxes. With precious metals, yeah, there's some laws out there with whatnot, with, with buying, selling taxes uh, associated with that. And, of course, that's going to vary from country to country. But, you know, that's, even here in the United States, not a, a for sure thing. There's plenty of people that buy and sell without paying a penny in taxes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Furthermore, and maybe most importantly, when you're owning it, there's generally not any tax involved with that, especially if it's in your own physical possession. It's not vaulted anywhere, anything like that. No fees, no taxes. It just sits there. With real estate, you got taxes, which means you're exposed to ups and downs in tax rates, right? Uh, a city, a state in, in a future recession has a, rece- uh, a significant shortcoming in, in funding and they need money. Well, they're going to raise property taxes, right? And, and what happens, I mean, with property taxes, what happens if you don't pay them? I mean, ultimately, you're forfeiting the property, which really raises the question of who really owns it. You, you guys know I'm not a fan of property taxes. I think it's ridiculous, right? Who really owns that property, if, if you don't pay taxes on it and, and the city or the state seizes it. But I think that also brings up just, you know, that, that idea of, of what we might consider outside the realm of possibilities, but the possibility of things like, like seizure of property, even if you are paying your taxes and whatnot. These are all things that you don't have to deal with with precious metals. Like, yeah, they can say they're going to confiscate them, but it's it's a heck of a lot easier to bury uh, a couple hundred ounces of silver, a couple thousand ounces of silver or gold than it is to bury a, a house or an apartment complex 
or a, an office building, right? These are all difficult things to do, right? Now, don't get me wrong. There are advantages to housing or to, to real estate, I should say. Um, even if it's not always an appreciating asset, which I don't think it always will be, you, you have the possibility of things like rent. You can rent it out, especially if it's an apartment building, office building. Hey, even houses you can rent out. You can use Airbnb and get a great rate with that, especially if it's a nice house. You do a good job taking care of it. It's at a good location. Yeah. And, and that's yield, right? I mean, at that point, that's an extremely attractive opportunity to do something like that, especially if you're not taking on too much risk. I mean, you oftentimes are with, with renting stuff out, but as long as you're not taking on too much risk, I mean, you, you can essentially have penit, uh, penits, tenants pay for your your mortgage payment and maybe then some, right? And then, you know, once a mortgage is up, you, you basically own it outright and you haven't really paid in that mortgage, right? So this isn't me saying like anti-housing, anti-real estate as an investment or, or a way to preserve your wealth, right? I think, like I said at the beginning, one of the better assets to do just that. Let's just stop comparing it to precious metals, okay? It, it's physical, but precious metals really are a, a hedge, really are the premier hedge in today's world. Real estate, eh, not so much. It beats a lot of other assets in terms of hedging, especially against some sort of um, collapse of paper and, and digital assets. But when it's all said and done, it it's very much different from metals. I'd love to hear your comments, your thoughts, and stumble in the comment section. If you do want to support me on an ongoing basis, uh, the, the best thing you can do is subscribe and watch my videos, like, comment, all those things help me out a ton. Uh, if you're if you're a, a silver buyer, gold buyer, there's a link below in the description to, to SD Bullion, uh, which is an excellent dealer run and owned by stackers. And you can use that down below to uh, get a one ounce uh, silver round at spot price. So just add that onto your order and it helps me out a ton with what uh, just because I'm an affiliate uh, sponsor or affiliate marketer of theirs. And then finally, Patreon, something new I've, I've slowly been rolling out is, is, uh, once a week, Patreon exclusive podcasts. And that's something to look forward to. So, I mean, I'm only two weeks in, I just recorded my second one yesterday. Um, but definitely, uh, if you want to support my Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, that's a great way to really invest in, in a resource and a channel podcast that I hope you guys really enjoy and find some value from. But as always, I'd like to thank you guys once again from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.